Right. Well, thanks. Thanks. I think like Uncle Neil said, this question was not just meant to happen this week, but let's have this ongoing conversation and ask each other, where are you? Where are you? I mean, kind of like just to summarize, like last week we looked at the story of Adam and just the question that God asked him, where are you? And we've been going through this series of questions that God asked us as men and just getting very honest and open about those kinds of things. So today we're going to continue with that, literally the next story in Genesis chapter 4. We're going to look at the question, and you can put the question there, um, where's your brother? That, that's the next question we're going to address. But kind of to help us transition there from where are you to where's your brother, we're actually going to have uh, one of our brothers share about um, kind of like getting us from the first question to the second question. Uh, are you guys keen for that? Okay, cool. Let's do this. Yep. Yeah, so we're going to have Kanyo share with us today. I see in movies then when I 
do them really? and I've done them and I look back and I'm thinking I never expected life that <laughs> that was me that was doing that yeah but but then it, it shows how um we tend to judge ourselves wow. towards things that are they we are mostly capable of doing things it's just the the discomfort that we don't want and we want to be mm. comfortable at times and do the things that we prefer to do wow. but letting like it go and be losing like wow. everything and trying to be out of your comfort zone wow. then you start to experience things and you wow. experience like mostly things that your body can do wow so yeah so it's all about your comfort people don't push themselves because they want to stay comfortable true so it's when you push out of that comfort and you can actually endure true. and persevere true and you say you do things like movies kind of stuff what no. what are one of those things maybe share with um, the brothers a couple things you um do? yo it's when we had to mostly it's the, the walks they're terrible because they're throughout the night you start from six sure up until the sun comes up you are walking constantly you're walking you just, through the night really after 10 kilometer or 20 you get into another place you have to carry something else then by the time you think you're done then you start to carry another thing then there's the days there that you're thinking maybe food or something no just water <laughs> so water is something that now I respect a lot. It's it? so important. Like, sure. Yeah. Come so on. that's that's the walks, and then um, having to to experience swimming in a dam that you don't know what's inside the dam. It's just sure. that dam. Uh, I think it's about four hundred to five hundred meters. Uh-huh. So that was something new to me. And then there is a rope thing that is very high. Yeah. And it's not like it's supported in any way. There's um, a hanky something okay. like, or Hennessy or something. Yeah, yeah. So you just clip it on that rope. That's the only thing you can hold on. Then you're moving across the dam. Sure. That's down there. So those were the things like I thought you can never walk like on a rope oh, that's so yeah. small. And then like it's things that I thought you were Chinese stuff. That, <laughs> <laughs> that, yeah, that, that, that I would watch on TV and I'm like, ah, I don't think this is true. Then having to do sure. that and look back, I was like, wow. Oh, Wow, that's so interesting. I remember you even saying that in the dam there was a couple crocodiles there and they told you to even (laughs) swim there. Yeah, that was a recent uh, thing now as we are doing the weapon phase now, which we have to deal with like different uh, type of firearms to know on what to expect through when you're going to handle situations different. So you have to know what are those people like they're having so that you can prepare yourself according to when you have to protect the wow. community or whatsoever is for the situation. So when we got there, we saw this crocodile going back no inside, the, inside the dam as we were approaching. Yeah. So my mind was like, um, no, we're not going to go in. They're going to say, ah, yeah, guys, yeah. since we've seen this, then we're not going in. But the next thing was like, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. Don't even think about sure. it. We are late and we have to jump in and then we're in like thinking of what can happen and hey, the guys hey. were like pitching <laughs> on each other. Or like scaring each other thinking that wow. um, they wow. are one, the crocodiles around yeah. and stuff. So it's, it's one of like, this is, it's, it's, it's like a lot of challenges and yeah. we lost one uh, guy on selection Whoa. when we were doing other of the Tactical things sure. on the pipes and stuff. Sure. So he's kind of drowned inside wow. one of the pipes. Wow. So that was in an wow. easy 
each other. For sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. And then, yeah, it was one of the things that, that was not easy. Yeah. So having to think, okay, this is what they told us before. This yeah. is what we signed for. That it's a matter of life and death. You wow. are risking your life. Wow. But then um, you have people around that are still telling you, okay, yeah. these things happened before. It's a matter of you, 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 as a believer, you, you're not taken by what is happening at the yeah. time. You know who you're dependent on. And yeah. situations are happening like differently. Yeah. 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 When, when it's a matter of life and death, like you're explaining, I'm sorry to hear about that, colleague. I'm mm-hmm. sure that that kind of connects you guys that are there mm-hmm. in a much deeper level. Hello. Please tell us about that that connection that you have with the people there. Um, you know, Jay. Um, when um you get into a place, you get uh, into people that you don't know. But you once you can be open up um, mm-hmm. to people, it's easier to start to have few friends and. It builds into family. Mm-hmm. So there you don't know what you lack on. Mm-hmm. Today it can be me who's strong on something, but mm-hmm. tomorrow you get that this person is stronger on something different. Wow. So you need to build a relationship that's going to be genuine, that okay. you need to trust each other because you're going to need each other. You don't know wow. when. You can be lifted tomorrow to the other day. You have to lift someone okay. else. So if you don't have a relationship that's mm-hmm. genuine, you're not going to have trust. Hear, to yeah. the person next to you. Yeah, yeah. So you need to trust them that they can protect your life. They can wow. pull you when now you really can't move or yeah. you're injured or things like that. Wow. So it's mostly the discipline of trust sure. around brothers and having like to work together wow. um, on situations. We give given tasks that frustrates us, mm. but they want to see how one can lead throughout wow. the situation. How do we listen? How do we communicate? Okay. So we okay. plan and then we we get everyone to have a view and we have like solid one plan whereas we agree on things that we have to do when it, they don't work yeah. out we don't have to lash on each other even though it's frustrating at times because yeah. we are different coming from yeah. different backgrounds yeah. but yeah it's a good support structure that now is building as as we're moving we starting to understand each other okay this guy is lacking here wow. so i'll support you on something yeah. that okay here you, you have challenge and then yeah. I have to come in and then you know my challenge wow. that's mostly like knowing deep each other I like okay you. emotionally maybe also you're suffering in this, this way, way and this is where you're strong this is where you're weak okay so what I hear you saying is that this relationship that you build builds the trust so that you know that they're going to be there for you when you need them yes. especially because you know the person's weaknesses and your strengths and stuff like that and you guys work on it together as a team yes and then what you're saying then is that the team effort is that helps you guys persevere through all those different challenges. Mm. Like, would you be able to do this by yourself if you were going on? No, I don't think so. There, there's days where, like, I knew that um, I don't think this is cut up for me. And um, thinking of my wife and kids back home, wow. like, when I'm there, um, it's easy to, to be like, no, I'm going to call it quits now, and then I just want to go home. But you get someone that, that is there that don't know you, but now because of this family that is now starting to grow, yeah. they're like, you are strong. You are most of the guys that are strong around there. Yeah. I know you are capable of doing wow. this. And then they start to encourage you in a way wow. that now you can hear from how you have maybe helped the one okay. to encourage one. So you also get that courage now. It uplifts you. And then Man. by the next day, Man. you are back. And the encouragement yeah. that each other needs that lifts each other up. 
Yes. That's so good. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't want to keep going for far too long, but I, I definitely do want to ask you a couple more questions. Please share with us, Kanyu, what have you learned about yourself and what have you learned about like working in a team that you could apply not just to that specific situation, but in a spiritual way, the okay. things that you've learned. Okay. Um, what I've learned from there um, is the things maybe that were hidden for me when it comes to um, strenuous situations, frustrating situations. I would not find it easy exactly at the time that to balance my life knowing that um, I'm a full-time Christian <laughs> and where I'm at, the challenges that are there, um, they, they put me in a situation of having to think each and every minute, each and every time that um, I resemble what, where I'm wow. at. And it's, it's a challenge that most people ask me there. Mm. I'm even called Buddhist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's just one of those things you don't choose to show off or whatsoever, but they come as you know, this is the kind of life you live. So through those challenges and through those difficulties when I get frustrated and stuff, each and every minute there, Jay, with the struggles that are there, yeah. whatever that is happening, you just feel that the power is not there. Yeah. So there's times where I'm feeling very weak. Yeah. But what's so powerful, just a small prayer. Come on. Most of the time you wake up, you, you, no one's going to tell you. Like things are starting to change. Guys, before we sleep, they want to pray. Wow. Guys, uh, are they interested? They can't wait even now for Sundays because Sundays the case they've given us an opportunity that um, we have like yeah. sermons like around, yeah. uh, like maybe for an hour. Come on. So they're like, for this all the time, they're, they're like, yeah. what did you prepare? So Come on. It's, it's mostly the studies that I'm, I'm, I'm doing on Sundays, yeah. like to take one study and then it's mostly the things that Good. we are doing to teach them about what the Bible is about. Wow. And it comes as a shock because I know how I can relate to them mm -hmm. from my background and yeah. most of the guys that are there and from the churches that we, we use, grew up in. Yeah. So I know exactly what's happening. So it challenges me a lot now in a way that now I have to prepare myself. Yeah. I have to know my story. I have to ask yeah. you, yeah. Hey, Jay, there's this challenge. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. now, um, what I can approach this and please pray for me. Yeah, definitely. Yes, the, now the brother spiritual guidance. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We, must, we must be praying for you for sure. Yes. I'm so grateful you shared with everybody that, yeah, yeah God opened a door for you to, to share the gospel. And I'm so mm -hmm. excited for, yes. yeah, I know exactly God sent you there for that specific reason. Yes. And thank you so much for sharing your, your story. I would yes. just ask you one last question. Is there anything you want to leave us and leave the brothers with just as an encouragement uh, to persevere or maybe to work as a team, whatever lessons you've been learning, just yes. share with us something you want to leave us with. Okay. Um, what I can share um, to the brothers is that um, what I've learned is that um, as situations where it's difficult, it is easy um, as brothers to come together and be one. But where there's no difficulties, there's no struggles, um, it, it does not push us that much. We wow. tend to relax. So there is a matter of there isn't a way of running away. But you depend by force on someone else. Yeah. So that puts you in a place that you have to create like a relationship with this person. So it's it's mostly to push ourselves as we are outside because 
it's, there's no one that can push you. There is nothing that will um, force you mostly to go maybe to your brother and hear how they're doing or you're in a funny thing you want to confess or something or struggles that you're having. But since it's not in a situation that's so forceful, we tend to relax, yeah. we tend to be like, I'm, I think I'll wait yeah. and all of that. The, the sense of agency is not there. Wow. So what I've learned in both the inside where I'm at and outside how things are like is that to take away, if I can take away that, um, that we don't have that sense of agency, and if I can put where I'm at, where it's forceful, yeah. and you have to depend, and that can comfort you, that can give you um, something that you can, tomorrow I know I woke up better than how I was yeah. yesterday. So it, it's, it's a matter of we need to have a sense of agency and not wow. comfortability to sit back, and wow. we need to challenge, challenge ourselves mostly on how we're doing as brothers and how we can have that sort of relationship that is genuine. Um, as I was listening to Wednesday on um, that we, we're not doing what we're supposed to do to go and check on each other. It's mostly something that um, how are you doing but in passing. Mm-hmm. And it's not that genuine, but building friendships mm-hmm. that are Christ-centered, which will be a brother and a discipleship oh. relationship. Oh. It will be something that will be awesome. So we yeah. need to know each other deeply yeah. and honestly sure. and it has to have to do with love man thank yeah. you thank you so much Kanye. Yeah. god bless you i really i'm gonna be praying for you we're gonna be praying for you in your time away for the next month and for your training yeah. and thank you so much for sharing all that wisdom and all that insight i don't know if you want to say goodbye to the brothers hey brothers i'll be seeing you um after the 15th of march um just pray for me and yeah it, it gets tough at times so um, your prayers, I know they mean a lot. They have helped me. Um, that I am sure of. Um, I hope you have an awesome Wednesday. And please make sure that your relationship grows spiritually um, as brothers in your discipleship and relationships. Yeah, I'm going to miss you. And I love you all. Come on. Yeah. That's it. All right. Thank you, Jay. Um Yeah, I know it was, it was a long video. Uh, but did you... What did you hear? Did you... Like, were you able to pick up the connections between what he's going through and our spiritual walks and how he was talking about, like, I, I could pick up so many things and I was wondering if you guys were able to, like, kind of like what stood out to you that Kanyo said? Yeah, Luvuyo first and then we'll go to the right. Yeah.
No, no, I, I hear you, I hear you. We were, you're forced to depend on each other because of the circumstances, and when we don't have that, we relax, and we don't build those connections. Yeah, yes. Uncle Neil? Yeah, similar point, and uh, it actually brought back memories from me. I did something similar many years ago. Yeah. And it's true what he says, that suffering builds units. Sure. When, 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 you know, when, when you have a common suffering and going through tough times, wow. and you know you can't do something on your own, it forces you in a good way depend on the team. Yep. And uh, I think what he's going through has so many spiritual lessons. So, so many. It's priceless. Come on. Come on. Yeah, no, definitely. Amen. Amen. Suffering builds unity. That's, yes, I'm not going to forget that. Yeah. Same point as well. I think it probably stood out to kill my boss. <laughs> But um, I won't add much to it other than just like I thought of James 1. Mm. It speaks about considerate pure joy mm. when you go through suffering. And I think for me, suffering wow. has always been one wow. of those like, wow. like, I've never understood how the Bible can say like considerate pure joy. Like tolerate it, sure, you know, get through it, sure. But like considerate pure joy, that's, that's something else. And I remember actually having a discussion yeah. on campus about it and how yeah. we were speaking about like, we have this idea of suffering that it's something that we always need to run away from. Yeah. And we, we need to limit as much as possible the suffering mm. that we go through. Yeah. Which is, it's not always our choice, obviously. Yeah. But to adopt a totally different view yeah. of suffering, that it's not, maybe it's not like something that we need to be running away from all the mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. kind of thing because of the good things that could Yeah, happen. absolutely. You blew my mind a little bit. I never thought about that verse in a communal sense. I've always thought about considerate pure joy, Jared, considerate pure joy when I'm going through tough times. But what you said and what Uncle Neil is saying is suffering builds unity is considerate pure joy when what, when you, like all of you are going through tough times because it will build, wow, it just blew my mind. I saw Uncle Jay's hands first and then Uncle Chris. So I just want to mention at the end about we pursuing it even when we're in a good space, when we're not going through suffering. What we maybe what stood out for me is to remember once we through that suffering yeah. to still be aware yeah. that others might be suffering. Yeah. So that not to back away yeah. and be comfortable when I'm not suffering. Yeah. But to seek out my brothers who might be suffering and yeah. seek out my suffering can help them now. Yeah. I might be in a good space but I can help someone yeah, no, absolutely. I think I love how Kanye said, there you're forced and outside you just relax. And he's like, no, like be intentional about it. Pursue it. So absolutely, Uncle Jay. Yes, Uncle Chris? What stood out for me is that it's only when you're stressed do you grow. Hmm. If you're not stressed and you're in your comfort zone, there's yep. no desire to grow. There's no desire to do anything different. Absolutely. Quite happy where I am. Yeah. So when we stretch, yep. like in our faith, yep. and all you guys know the tough time I went through, yeah. when you stretch, you grow and you see character traits that mm. you can build on, yep. and then you reach out to others yeah. yep. for help. Yeah. Absolutely. And he even made the point that the reason why we think we can't go through those things is because we're so busy being comfortable. That if we just stepped out and be uncomfortable, be stretched, it would be tough, but we would grow. We absolutely would grow. Did anybody else have their hands up? Nick? It's strange, well, strange, but to think of Jesus as the suffering servant. Mm. As he was suffering, so he was serving other people. 
Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Come on. Kind of what? Yeah. Like what Uncle Jay was saying. How how is your suffering gonna serve someone else? That's that's good. That's good, Uncle. Um, did did anybody catch what he said about water? <laughs> that that for me was so important. The fact that he said, "I respect water." And I wonder if we think of our time with God and His Word as that. Like, do we respect it like water that gives us life to persevere through the tough times? Or are we just like, eh, it's fine, I'll read it when I read it. Like, the water is, the water of life is the fountain of life. The living water is it's the Word of God. Do we respect it? That, that's one of those things that stood out for me incredibly that Kanye said. Any other point that anybody else would like to add? Yes, V? Mm. Like when you share that, at some point, like he wanted to give up. Yeah. But his mindset was always like on the goal, it was always mm-hmm. So, like his body, like also as well, like went with his mind. Yeah. Something as well, like what what the focus I put on, like your mindset, mm-hmm. like it needs to be constantly renewed. Yep. 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 Come on, come on. That sermon we heard at the beginning of the year is not what would Jesus do. What would Jesus think? It's our mindset. That's that's repentance, the change of our mind, the change of our worldview. So absolutely, let's focus on the goal, and then we'll be able to get through it. We just have to focus. Yeah, Keeks. Yeah, go for it. Like you need other people to actually like speak that truth that you like not hearing from them. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's it's easy to sit there and like be in your own space and keep on going through that. Yeah. But to believe actually what someone else is saying. Yeah. No, no, I hear you, I hear you. Kanye said to himself that there was times that he was willing to quit. He was like, I need to go home to my kids and my wife. And people were like, nah, you can do this. You can do this. Like we need that kind of speaking into our, each other's lives and be like, let's hang on. Don't give up. Don't, don't give up. Um, yeah, any other thing that you guys might have heard? Yeah. He should be encouraged that he's using opportunity to share to proclaim the gospel. Mm-hmm. And God's provided you said with open doors for it. It blows my mind. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, no, it, it's crazy what God is doing and how people respect him because he knows the word. Yeah. Mfundis, which means pastor. <laughs> yeah. It's just, man, it's crazy, it's crazy. Um, actually, before we read the Bible, how about we just pray for him? Pray for what he's been going through and the opportunity that he has. Um, Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you so much that you are so real and so alive, that you move in our lives and in our hearts, and you are able to help us understand such many spiritual truths through what we are going through in our everyday lives and specifically through what you've been doing in the life of our brother Kanye. We couldn't be more proud, we couldn't be more encouraged to have a brother like him. A brother that not only is faithful even though he's away, he is actually 
using the opportunity of being away from the family of God to proclaim your truth and to proclaim the gospel of King Jesus. And I thank you for that. And as we all have heard all of these lessons and we are continuously thinking about what he said and the many things you taught us through him, I really just pray we will take these lessons to heart and really, really like take them deep and not not only hear it and forget about it tomorrow morning, but really think about how we can become those brothers that are there for each other, that encourage each other, that help each other hold on, that help each other persevere, that are united in suffering and serve each other in the midst of our suffering, that we can count it as joy and we will grow and be stretched in the uncomfortable, that we will really learn to do that, that even our bodies, we will be able to take them to extremes that we thought we would never be capable of. Uh, Extremes of, of just serving and giving and working so that your name will be proclaimed. Um, so thank you. Thank you for what we have learned tonight. But specifically, thank you for Kanyu. Thank you for our brother. Thank you for his example. Thank you for his faith. Thank you for his courage. We pray, Lord, not only that you will keep him safe. We want him to come back with all of his limbs and every part of his body. But we also pray that you will keep him bold. Like Acts chapter 4. I think about those disciples who were being persecuted and who didn't ask for safety, but they asked for boldness. They asked to be even more bold to proclaim your truth. So we pray that you will give him wisdom and that you will give him insight, that that your word will become alive in the hearts and minds of the men around him, that you will use him as an instrument to proclaim truth and to proclaim absolute grace and absolute love of you, but to proclaim truth and the the correct doctrine that we have in your word. Your word says in 1 Timothy 4.16 that we must keep watch of our life and our doctrine. And I think Kanye is just such an amazing, amazing servant that will never, ever, ever mishandled your word. He always wants to respect your word and respect your truth. And I really pray that that's what it's done um, during his time there. That you will use him. And Lord, I, I pray one day we'll get a phone call. A phone call that would say, there's a new brother. There's a new person coming into your family through the, yeah, through the service that our brother Kanye is doing. I really pray that you will use him and that disciples will be made. And I pray that his example challenges us, that we who are comfortable and don't have to go through the strange physical things that he has go through in the isolation from our families or from our friends, that we will follow his example and preach the gospel and be on mission and share your truth because we have every opportunity to do so. Thank you so much, Father God. I also ask you, Holy Spirit, that you will be with us with the rest of our time, especially as we engage with your word, that your word will, word will speak to us and that we will yeah, leave this um, room more ready to be united, more ready to be together, more ready to be yeah, taking care of each other as brothers um, yeah, in your family. Thank you so much, Holy Spirit. Thank you so much, King Jesus. Thank you so much, Father God. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Um, uh, if you haven't grabbed your Bible, please grab your Bible to the book of Genesis. It's really hard to find that book. It's just like the first book in your Bible. <laughs> Genesis chapter 4. Maybe like three pages into your Bible. <laughs> yeah, one, two. Yeah, three. Uh, Genesis chapter 4. Oops. Um, and we're going to read a few verses and I'm going to ask some help. And we're just going to take it uh, all together. Uh, there's not going to be a lot of preaching. It's just going to be like talking about it and questions and thoughts that we'll share together. So who would like to read for me from verse 1? I'll, I'll tell you when to stop. We're going to take it slowly but surely, but we'll get through it. Um, you don't all have to volunteer at once. Just one at a time, please. Come on, Mr. Manja. 
pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, With the help of the Lord, I brought forth a man. <laughs> Later she gave birth to his brother, Abel. Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. But Abel brought fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. And the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering. But on Cain, his offering, he did not look with favor. Mm. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? Mm. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? Mm. But if you don't do what is right, sin is crouching at your door, it desires to have you, but you must master it. Stop right there for me. Okay, somebody kind of help me out. What's, what's happening in the story? What are you reading? What are you hearing? Is it interesting? Do you find it a little bit weird? Why is God so upset? Why is Cain so upset? Kind of, what, what, what's going on? Who can help us out? You're Nick? Cain didn't really understand what God wants. Really? How do you know that? Okay. He probably would have given it to God. And I don't know why he didn't, but he thought that God doesn't deserve the best from him. And so he didn't give him the best that he had. So Good. even though he gave something to God, it's not what God wanted. And the fact that he got upset just went to show that he, he didn't really understand what was going on. Cool, cool, cool. I, I like what you're saying. Like you, you can read specifically God didn't look at his offering with favor and he gets upset. So obviously there's an issue with Cain. But, but I have an, a couple issues beforehand. Uh, maybe you, you've heard this story several times and you kind of know kind of where the story goes and what maybe we're going to talk about. But, but I have a couple issues with this story. I, issue number one that I have is that God never asked for an offering. I don't see anywhere in Genesis 4 that God's like, okay, start bringing offerings. So why are they bringing offerings? And I don't see any specifications as to what the offering should look like or what. So I'm, I'm a little upset as like, why is Cain's offering not good? Like, have, have we ever thought about that? Like, why? Like, is, does Cain not have a little bit of a right to be upset? And I know I'm saying some challenging questions. I'm not saying that's right. But I just want to think about this. But I like what you're doing, Nick. You are definitely looking into what the Word says. It says, he didn't find it with favor. Must be a reason. And I kind of want to have a conversation. What do you guys think is happening? So Nick said, he didn't do what God, what pleases God. Otherwise, God would have been, it pleases me. And also his attitude was like very despondent, very like, ha, I'm angry at you, God, because you didn't like my offering. So that, that's true. That's definitely true. What, what else, what do you guys think? About the story, yes, Taft. That's good. So, like, like you said, like God didn't ask for offering. So, like, hope I didn't like come inferring because I know the story. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, why do it if you're not if you don't really like want to? Mm. Okay, so maybe Cain didn't really want to do the offering, but he did it anyways. Yeah, because like that's all. Because well, like, well, but then like again, like it's. It's now like very subjective. It's now like me instead of King. Because mm-hmm. it's now, well, if like when I want to do something and like I'm going to do it, I put my best effort or don't do it at all. Okay. So if you do like go through and like do it and put your best effort mm. and it doesn't go well, I don't think I'd be angry. I'd be more like 
Okay, okay. So if you were Cain and you would have done the best you could and God tells you, no, I don't like it, you would be like, but I tried so hard. Like, I did the best that I could. So that, that, that's Tafadzu trying to put himself in the story. Yes, Dina? Um, like from a biblical sense, I guess I always viewed like, obviously animal sacrifice is very, mm. like important or like the highest, mm-hmm. um, I don't know what you would call it, yeah. value. Yeah. In terms of like the Hebrew. Yeah. So I thought that, but when I read it, I don't know if this is a translation thing, but it says that like Cain brought some of the fruits. Yeah. But it doesn't describe like what they were. Mm. What, like what quality. Okay. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe just a few, like just some of them, but with Abel it describes that it was like... The firstborn. Okay, okay. 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 The best, which is what Nick is saying. Yeah, so so maybe we do have a little bit of a sign uh, as to maybe Abel brought the best and, and Cain didn't, like Nick was saying. And kind of what Tafasa was saying, maybe he just did it half-heartedly. Um, it, could it be? I don't know. We we're just asking questions. I'm just asking questions to the text. I saw Uncle Chris's hand and then Uncle Neil. Nowhere in the story does it say who brought the first offering. So the way that I, I've often seen this is that... Yeah. Says Cain brought some and yeah. also brought Yeah. Nowhere does it say Cain was the first one to make an offering. Yeah, yeah. What often happens, and we see it still today, yeah. is that people see others doing something and there's a benefit. So I'm going to go and do that as well. Mm. My way of looking at it is Cain had the wrong attitude and the wrong heart. Okay. He may have seen his brother bring some stuff. Yeah. Oh, wow, look how his flocks are increasing. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing this, God is blessing. Yeah. I'm going to do it, but I'm going to do it because I want something out of it. Yeah. Not because I want to honor God. I get you, I get you. So kind of way, the way you're seeing the story is Abel brought something, God has a good response, so Cain is like, oh, I want that good response too. Cool? That, that could be true. That could definitely be true. Uncle Neil? Your question is a big question. It is, it is. I'm, I'm, I'm just throwing the question. Yeah, I, I think when I read a passage like this, um, I try to interpret it in the light of the scripture and, okay. the, and also the nature of God. Okay, okay. I don't think God would be unjust in a sense. Okay. Mm. But it was the response that really got them. I think the guys had mentioned mm. Like his response of Abel, Cain, and they're angry. Thank you, God. Next time, I'll do better. What do you do? I'll bring the first fruits, not just any random crop. Mm. What is implied. Mm. I think it was more the response to God's teaching and so, direction. Okay. That's the issue. Okay. So for Uncle Neil, it's not even about the offering. It's about the response that you have or you give to God when God might not necessarily approve of what you're doing. That could also be true. Avuyo, then Dean. For Cain to like to to end up by killing Abel, this must have been like something that is. Cain kills Abel. What? <laughs> what? I was reading the story, dude. What? like season two, bro. <laughs> We're all in season one. Nah, nah, jokes, jokes. Okay, let, let me use this moment just to do something quickly. Often we know the stories of the Bible and we think we know them so well that we kind of like jump, jump the gun. And it's okay sometimes to like take a step back, 
try to put ourselves in the story, try to like do all this biblical interpretation thing that we have workshops of, and kind of slowly but surely allow the story to lead us into the answer that the story is trying to get us to. But um, not that we're doing anything wrong. The man knows his word. He knows what the Bible says. He's read the story. So, of course, he's going to get to that. So, I don't want to interrupt longer what you were trying to say. So, Ab- A- Cain does kill Abel. <gasps> he does. <laughs> but what were you going to say about that? I was saying that it must have been like something that caused... Like, it must have been something that escalated even way before... Yes, yes, something that was... I get you, I get you. It was not just that one incident. Something happened before and obviously something happened after. I got you. Dean, you were going to say something. You had your hand up. Yeah, yeah. well, I was just like thinking what, what, what Chris said. Is, um, made me think of how like my attitude towards like serving God or doing things, mm. like it doesn't tell you why either of them was doing what they were doing. Like, yep. They obviously knew that it was the right thing to do. Yep. what you do. Yep. But like a question... Whether Cain was maybe probably like kind of similar. Yep. But why was Cain even giving offerings yep. in the first place? Why yeah. were either of them doing it? You don't hear like yep. the motives. Yep. But it could have been that Cain, like, he just grew up probably knowing that that's what you do. Yeah. He just did it, but yep. the heart was not, was not there. I hear you, I hear you. We don't know their motive. We really don't know. Yeah. Keeks. I find it strange that he kind of like, almost like has this like favoritism, like kind of thing that mm-hmm. he wants to be the favorite. Mm. Like you know, like to my dad, you know. Mm. It's not like like just focusing on like his relationship with his dad, but mm. it's like looking at the other relationship. The other relationship that that person has with his yeah. dad, like oh, snap, like, yeah. Like it's almost like I don't know, like I get you. That's kind of bringing this feud between them. Mm. Like instead of just like going, okay, I need to get right with, with you. Yeah. Okay, I hear you. Interesting. Who who's the firstborn in this story? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. We 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 don't know much, but we could assume or infer this is the first birth in the story of the Bible. So this is the first person to be born into the story. So whoa, it is like a big deal. So yeah, could it be that? Could be, Mr. Manjo. I saw your hand. Okay. Quality, quantity, and the heart. And the heart. So, between those three things, there was something not acceptable. Come on. Mm. Something there was not pleasing God. hear you. I hear you. I mean, we, we can definitely take it that way. We, we don't know. It's not like it, it says, like, God liked the fat portions and he was displeased because it was just some fruits. 
we, we like kind of have, but I, but I get why we do that, and and it makes sense. And I like I hope that you guys are enjoying the conversation because this is this is what's supposed to happen around the Bible. These kinds of conversations and questions and back and forth and together, we're gonna come to a good conclusion. At least I hope, Uncle Jay. Yeah. Cain, Cain started asking himself the wrong question. Mm. He started asking why, almost like internally, why is my brother better than me? There you go. And he immediately started comparing himself to his brother. There you go. He lost sight of what God's desire was in the scenario. Oh, yeah. So instead of thinking, how do I change my behavior and please God, it was like, my brother is better than me. Yep. I've got to do something to become better. Better than, yep. And even if he became better than Abel, doesn't necessarily mean you'd be pleasing to God because he lost sight of what the yeah. thing was. I get you. So I think for me that was Ooh. kind of, it's a, it's a trap you can all fall into. So mm. why is he advancing and not me? Me, yep. Why is he being asked to do that and not me? Yep. You know, and yep. the yep. side of pleasing Jesus yep. instead of... Yeah. Being better than some other human being. Absolutely. I think it was Keegan who said earlier, like he was focusing on the relationship Abel was having with God instead of focusing on his own relationship with yeah. God. And, and what Uncle Jay saying is so true. Why, why, why is that a little bit of a hint? Because the Bible gives us a hint about this. And, and I know that, oh man, we, we run over these verses so quickly because we think we know what the story is about that we forget that the Bible is a is an Eastern book, and it's going to give you hints that are not going to be in your face, but if you have enough attention to notice them, you're going to grab a hold of them. The hint is in verse 1. Adam knew Eve his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Maybe your translation says, I have acquired a man with the help of the Lord. Why is that sentence there? Because Hebrew people, just like maybe African people or Easterners, do not name children just cuss. It's not like, here's Bob, there's Nathan, and there's um, Kimberly. Like, no, like, Easterners, Africans name their children because it has a meaning and a root to it. And that word, Cain, can be translated into English to acquired. So, so Eve is telling us her reason for naming Cain, Cain. She said, I have acquired, with the help of the Lord, I have acquired a son, I have acquired a man. And in that meaning, correct me if I'm wrong here, some of the men that are in this culture, but your name carries your identity, right? As, as, a, as an African man, like that's who you become. Either you live up to it, or in a very positive way, or you live up to it in a very, very negative way. And it's the same kind of weight that happens on Jews. So think about it. You are this man named acquired. What do you think about when you think of the word acquired? Capitalism. Okay, that's what you thought about. Why, why, why do you think about capitalism? Because you keep on getting and getting and getting and getting. Absolutely. No, that, 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 that's a good, good thought. Anyone else? Sorry? Chosen. chosen. What do you think about chosen? It's like you're picked out. Picked out. Like, I want that one. I want that one. And the price was paid for it. Wow, wow. Picked out, acquired. Yes. Begotten. Yeah, kind of like what the same thing you guys are saying. Good. Anyone else? What do you think when you think? 
some cost involved. Yeah, you don't acquire something without paying a price. Good. Anyone else? Wow. Wow. That, that is so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and maybe all of this was going through Eve's mind, you know, like she thought, man, this is something that I didn't get on my own. Somebody paid the price for this. There was like a value. It's something I treasure. But if you're walking in life all the time being, say, being told you're acquired, you can either see it in a very positive way, like, wow, like I am chosen, I am treasured, or you can see it in a very negative way that you can never do anything your own. Everything you have has to be given. Everything is acquired. You're not good enough for yourself. You, you're not capable of yourself. Um, and maybe that's not, not, not the way you guys see it, because as I heard most of you, I heard in a very positive sense, except for capitalism there. <laughs> but, but I wonder, I just wonder if, if, if his mind ever thought about, man, like, I, I'm not wrestling with that question of like, I'm not as good as, I need help. My offering was not as good as Abel's. I need somebody to help me to acquire the earn and respect and love that Abel got immediately from God. And I, I didn't get it. I need some help. I can't acquire it. I, I wonder if that's what's happening. The other thing that is a very good hint about this is that we read this, the Bible as like different stories, and they are different stories, but the Bible is one unified story that leads to Jesus. What happened right before Genesis 4? Do you guys remember? Like literally right before the fall of men, but like maybe three verses before. How about we read chapter 3, verse 20 to 24? Who can help me read that? Cool. Yeah. The Lord God made clothing from skins for the man and his wife and mm. clothed them. The Lord God said, Since the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil, he must not reach out, take from the tree of life, eat and live forever. So the Lord God sent him away from the garden of Eden toward the ground from which he was taken. He drove the man out and stationed the cherubim and the flaming swirling sword east of the garden of Eden to guard the way. Now Adam knew his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, saying, I have gotten a man with the help of the Lord. Do you hear that? There's a seamless transition. Sometimes we separate it because we see a four there or a heading. But when you were reading the original Bible, you read it seamlessly. And I don't know if you caught this, but in verse 21 of chapter 3, it said that the Lord God made garments for for Adam and his wife. How did God do that? It says garments of skins. How did God get skins? From He killed an animal. Sorry? He's God. He can, he can make them pop. Yeah, but, but the, the inference is that he, he, killed, he killed an animal. He sacrificed. Who taught Cain and Abel to sacrifice? Probably Adam and Eve. Probably Adam and Eve were like, hey, you know this clothes that we wear every day? We have to wear them because... We rebelled against God and we didn't trust His story. And we decided to redefine good and evil for ourselves. And we were naked and ashamed. And we covered ourselves with trees. 
and God decided to cover us with skin of animals. I wonder if they ever had that conversation. I wonder if Adam ever took his boys and he was like, hey, let's sacrifice to God. I wonder, I, I don't know. But this this interesting, seamless story. And then as the story progresses, we hear what Nick was saying. There is where we start getting into what Nick was saying, that Cain has a really interesting attitude about this. And I wonder, and maybe this is me assuming too much into it, but as you guys have been speaking, it kind of just kept on going back to that that problem of, man, he didn't really trust his relationship with God. Like, I, I don't know, and, and, and forgive me if I'm wrong, Umfundis there is going to correct me if I'm re- and I have bad theology. But I don't think what he did was sinful. I don't think his offering was sinful. I don't think God is like, Abel is awesome, you are sinful. Yeast goes to heaven, you're going to go to hell because you didn't offer the right things. And sometimes we do that. Sometimes we separate because in our mind we want the good character and the bad character. And we're always trying to assume that every single story there's a good guy and a bad guy. And sometimes there's just guys that make good decisions and bad decisions. And the same person can make a good decision at one moment and the next moment make a bad decision. Isn't that more like relatable to our lives? That there's days that we make great decisions and praise God and there's days that we make bad decisions. Because, and the reason why I'm saying this is because God tells him, like, why are you upset? Why, why are you so upset? Like, why are you downcast? Like, if, if you listen to me, it will be good for you. Sin is crouching at the door. His desire is for you, but you must master it. God is telling Abel, sorry, Cain, God is telling us is, you're not a beast, man. You can actually make better decisions. You don't have to just follow your instincts or your emotions like the rest of the animals there in creation. You actually have power to master over those decisions and over those emotions. So I, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't hear God saying like, oh, you have sin. I think God is telling him, hey, sin is coming. Sin is after you. What are you going to do about it? And, and I love his question. His question is, why are you upset? Let's read verse 6 together. Then the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must rule over it. God is telling this man who might be wrestling with his identity as to I'm not good enough, I have to be acquired, I need help in order to be accepted. He hears God saying, hey, just do the next right thing. Um, if you watch Frozen, you'll know that where that quote comes from. <laughs> but just do the next right thing. Will you not be accepted? It's not this huge, catastrophical, like massive event that he needs to all of a sudden get through in order for God to welcome him and be like, yay! He's just telling him, just do the next right thing. Just do well. Will I not accept you? You have an opportunity right now, Cain. Sin is moving towards you. It's crouching at your door. It's going to come and it's desirous to overtake you. Are you going to give it that ch- power, that chance, or just do the next right thing. 
So I think the conversation was, was really, really awesome. And I, I don't know. I don't know why God was not pleased. I have no idea. The, the, the Bible gives us maybe one little hint. And if you're one of those people that needs to know the answer as to why um, God didn't like his uh, idea, maybe this will help you. If you go to the Bible, to the book of Jude, Jude chapter, uh, well, there's only one chapter. <laughs> Jude verse 11 says, Woe to them, for they were walking in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain. Um, and then he gives more examples. So Jude kind of seems to infer and Jude is an inspired writer of the word of God and I trust Jude's opinion on the matter it seems to say that maybe Cain had a greed inside of him he wanted to gain something maybe that answers the question but when I read Genesis 4 it's really hard for me to understand why his offering was not accepted but what it is really easy for me to understand is that he had a moment a crossroads moment where he could have chosen to do the next right thing to do well and he would have not been ruled over by sin he would have not been ruled over it's just like every single one of us adam and eve had their crossroads moment where they were in front of the tree of life and in front of the tree of good and bad and they chose to redefine good and evil now Cain is at that crossroads moment, almost in like a fix, fictional tree. And God is like, hey, do well. Don't take that. Don't redefine good and bad for yourself. Trust my definition. And Cain, sadly, as Vuyo has told us, chooses his own definition. So let's continue the story. Genesis chapter 4. We're going to read from verse 8. Who can help us read verse 8? And I'll tell you when to stop. I just verse 8 and 9, actually. Go for it, Nick. One day, Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. You. Afterward, the Lord asked Cain, where is your brother? Where is Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. Am I my brother's guardian? That's it. Right there. When we redefine good and evil, we bring murder into the story of God. The story of God didn't have murder until Cain and Abel because Cain decided to redefine good and evil. But the question we are going to focus on is that question. Where's your brother? You know what's really interesting is that if you do a little bit of Hebrew word search, the word where that God uses here to talk to Abel about his brother, to Cain about his brother, is the same word that God uses to talk to Adam about, where are you? It's the exact same word. It's almost like God is giving now Cain the chance he gave Adam, his father. And, and if you read this story of Genesis, actually, if you read the Bible, you start seeing it's so cyclical. It's over and over. Adam and Eve had their crossroads moments. They choose to redefine good and evil for themselves. They hide. And God's like, where? Abel, Cain has a, read, a, a crossroads moment. He chooses to redefine good and evil. He introduces murder to the story. And the question God makes is, where? Where's your brother? 
So this, the, the lesson for us here and what I want us to focus on, because we're not going to read the rest of the story because it's taking forever late and I can talk for 15 hours, is we are going to be at crossroads moments over and over and over again where sin is going to be crouching at the door for good or bad reasons, for decisions we've made or decisions people have made around us. It, it doesn't matter, but we're going to find ourselves in places, in situations, in moments where the opportunity to redefine good and evil for ourselves is going to come and it's desirous to rule over us. It promises that we're going to rule over it because we're going to be in control, but we're not. It actually is going to rule over us because it's going to control us. It's going to become our habit. It's going to become our addiction. It's going to become our insecurity, whatever you want to call it. And the question we can ask ourselves right now is, where is your brother? If your brother is at this crossroads moment, will you go out there and be like, hey, where are you, man? If you are at this crossroads moment, Will you go to a brother and be like, hey, help me out? Or will we hide like Adam and Eve? Will we take, maybe even life, like Cain took? This is the question that God is asking us. Like, How serious are we to help our brothers out? And we're going to go like full circle and we're going to go back to the video that Kanye said. I asked them the last question, what is the one thing you want to leave us with? And he said, be intentional. In his context, it's a matter of life and death. And in our context, it seems like it's a matter of, like not a matter of life and death, but we're wrong. It is. It's a matter of spiritual life and death. Our relationships with the Lord are at stake here. You might feel like, no, I'm walking well, I'm reading my Bible, I'm praying. But that's not all that is happening. There's situations every day that you and I are finding ourselves when we have the temptation to redefine good and evil. And God is telling us, do what's right. Do what's acceptable. Sin is crouching at the door. Are you going to let it master over you? Or are you going to master over it? And instead of talking to our brothers like we should... Like we need to, like we, like the way that will bring us freedom, we decide to redefine good and bad for ourselves and we allow sin to rule over us. So it is a matter of spiritual life and death. It is as serious, if not more, as Kanye's context. It's not maybe as urgent because we don't see it happening immediately. Oh, but we will see the consequences in years to come when we were not there for our brothers or when we didn't open up to our brothers and we allowed this one little sin to crouch and over time take over us and all of a sudden you're not going to see the 10 people in this room in five years from now. And you're going to see them divorced or drunk or addicted to porn or whatever. Because we didn't take the stand that Kanye invited us to take, to be intentional and to be after it, to not allow comfortability to let us chill, but to actually say, this is a matter of life and death. Let me go to my brother and say, hey, where are you? Where's my brother? I'm looking after you. Am I making sense? Thoughts, questions, comments, or complaints. There's always room for those. Yeah. Thanks, Dave. I know we stopped you a bit, but the 
Oh. Yeah, to read. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. So let's continue asking each other yep. that question. Where yep. are you? Yep. Why? Because we are our brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. the whole point. Absolutely. We ask you to be Absolutely. We want each other to grow. Yep. Not just to stay faithful, yep. but to become more like Yeah. So yeah, maybe that question, we should change it to ourselves. Where's my brother? Uh-huh. Where's my brother? Uh-huh. Let me go f- after my brother. Um, can I actually share, I forgot about this, but this is a really cool story that I read in this book about leadership. Cool book if you ever want to read it. Um, let me read this for you. A lion used to prowl about a field in which four oxen used to dwell. Many a time he tried to attack them, but whenever he came near, they turned to their tails to one another, so that whichever way he approached them, he was met by the horns of one of them. At last... They fell acquiring among themselves and each went off to pasture alone in a separate corner of the field. The lion attacked them one by one and soon made, made an end of all four. I was saying earlier how this is a matter of spiritual life and death and, and it is so true. And this story that as I was reading it, the first verse that came to my mind is in First Peter that talks about how the devil is like a lion crouching after us, looking for someone to devour. And the story says that there's four oxen that when the lion comes, they put themselves um, in a circle and in this circle, like one is behind the other. So that when the lion tries to come into this circle, he's going to always be met by horns, by a defense mechanism. But when the oxen are separated, yeah, I don't. Um, but when the oxen are separated, the lion can devour them easily. That's you and me. When we stand together, Satan can't come in. Because he's always going to be faced with a defense mechanism. We're going to keep each other safe. But the moment we're standing by ourselves in our individual corners, Satan can take us. Easy. Easy. Um, yeah, alright. Maybe if nobody, does anybody else have any thought or, yeah? It's just like watching, uh, like old, like war movies where they create like a shield wall. Mm. I was thinking of that. Yep. Like that was a tactic in war. Like I think if one person is standing there with a shield, like yep. there's no chance. Yep. But when it's like a shield wall, yep. you have all this like support yep. around you, it creates this like yep. Absolutely. The book actually goes us to explain about that shield mechanism. And I didn't know this. But did you know that in the Spartans, have you ever watched the movie 300? You know, like that whole shield tactic. The Spartans said that if you lost your sword or if you lost your helmet, you would be forgiven. It's fine. 
if you lost your helmet or if you lost your sword as a soldier, they would give you another one. But if you lost your shield, it would be considered the greatest treason and you would be kicked out of the army. Because they couldn't rely on a man that is not willing to take care of others. A helmet, a sword, that takes care of yourself. But a shield takes care of others. So they would get kicked out actually of the army. I didn't know that. The Spartans were hectic. <laughs> yeah. Any any other thought? Any other question? What's up, Jay? Hey Amen. Uh, would somebody like to pray for us as we end? And then that'll be it for today. <laughs>